Discovery, go at throttle up. Discovery 4 computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Transmission coming in from the Starfleet Escape Podcast. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode 100 and is being recorded on July 25th, 2019. Today's topic, the San Diego Comic-Con Star Trek Picard trailer. I'm Aaron Gallo. And I'm Eric Berry. This episode is sponsored by Revenge Lover Designs and Illustration. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. And we have a special guest joining us today. We've got David Majors, DGM. How's it going, David? Hey, Aaron, Eric. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Hello, Escape Podcast fans. Uh, it is a pleasure and a privilege, and I am ready to go. There, there's so much to, to talk about, so <laughs> let's just jump right in. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I know you, David, through uh, Twitter. Yes, yes. Uh, just through my uh, re-discovering <laughs> uh, the lifelong love of Star Trek that I've had, uh, and just in the fact that I'm a podcaster myself, uh, mm-hmm. I found Eric just through Star Trek and podcasting. And yeah. the rest is history. And I've been trying to sneak and finagle my way <laughs> onto this podcast for some time now, and the guys finally let their guard down and here I am on the 100th episode, no less. So yeah. th- thank you guys so much. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Uh, I think, I think we're all just really, really excited for this trailer. I don't know about you guys, but I was completely floored by this. I think we all were. Mm-hmm. The The trailer was absolutely phenomenal. Like the, the hype was was truly real. Uh, and oh, there yeah. was just so much to go into and so much to talk about before we do talk about it. Cause we'll, we'll just talk and talk about it. We do have some, uh, non Picard news, but we have a lot of it. So San Diego comic-con was huge for star Trek this year. It, it really was. And you can't help, but feel a little bit excited about the fact that coming in 2020, there is going to be, so much Star Trek content and media that it's it's really an exciting time to be a Trekkie. I almost wish that this is what the 50th anniversary felt like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the 50th star we got was Star Trek Beyond, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Not well, that that was a bad not thing. Terrible. Not yeah. terrible no. by any means. Yeah. I it, it was my favorite of the three. Of the JJ films. Mm-hmm. So first off, we've got uh, Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks. It will be a 10 episode animated series that takes place post Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah, we're, we're finally, uh, along with Picard, we're yeah. getting some post-Nemesis material. This has been a long time coming since really the end of the Dominion War uh, and Star Trek Nemesis, there everything has been going backwards. And yeah. we're finally moving forward, which is apropos for Star Trek. So uh, th- just the thought that we are going 
post Nemesis, and they also mentioned at San Diego Comic Con that Voyager is back, which we'll talk about again later, uh, is really, really cool. And I will say, originally, when it came to Lower Decks, mm-hmm. I was not entirely excited because mm-hmm. the showrunner for Lower Decks is Mike McMahon. And everyone probably already knows. Rick uh, and Morty. Right. Yep. Not my favorite show in the world. Uh, <laughs> not the biggest fan of Rick and Morty. So I, I was a little skittish at first. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm just caught up in the hype of San Diego Comic-Con and hearing how much he genuinely loves and cares about Star Trek and what it is and what it represents. And it has calmed my unease just a little bit. Sure. So I'm, I've always said I'm willing to give Lower Decks a chance. Uh, how about you guys? Oh, for sure. For years, we've been talking about having an animated Star Trek back. Yeah. And this isn't the only animated one that we're going to get. Yeah, because we still got the Nickelodeon series. Yeah. My biggest question for Lower Decks is, is it canon? I was really hoping we uh. would get an answer to that. Because uh, the original animated series is... Uh, kind of gray area with canon. It's mostly not canon. <laughs> yeah, but they pick and choose things. Right. Like Enterprise made a lot of stuff from their canon. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. But the fact that they're saying, hey, this takes place post-Nemesis. This does this, d- does that. Sure, it may be a bit more comedic, but who's not to say maybe down the line we might see live action versions of these characters Mm. at some point that might be crazy i think the question of whether it was fandom or not was pretty clear since they they in fact mentioned where it is in the prime timeline Mm -hmm. they they said voyager is back and they said that it is at this particular point those are major plot points within the prime timeline yeah if for some reason uh, in a later season of Picard, one of the lower decks characters ends up in that show. I think it would be really fun, and I think that's something to look forward to. Uh, those cameos from back in the day when Riker or Luxana Troy would show up on DS9, those were fun, and mm-hmm. th- there's nothing wrong with a little fun. And I think. This series would be really cool and really easy to do cameos. It is so easy to record a voice for animation. And it doesn't matter about what you look like. There's no there's no makeup involved. So you could maybe even get a ton of cameos in this. And one thing I was really interested in was... First, I thought it was funny that Jerry O'Connell <laughs> is going to be involved in Star Trek. Mm -hmm. I've liked that guy since Sliders back in the day. So I thought it was really interesting that his character is Commander Ransom. And I'm like, are you the son of Captain Ransom from Voyager? Like, or any relation? That's super obscure and I love it. Yeah, I just... I, I mean, there's so many names. There's an infinite amount of names for them to choose from. And the fact that... I mean, Ransom is only one time in, in Star Trek, so I don't know. I think he might be related to Captain Ransom from Voyager. That, that may well very answer the question about 
continuity and where it is in the canon already yeah. right there. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's hilarious that the doctor is a, is a Cation. That's, <laughs> that's great. Apparently without a tail. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, many, m- maybe many species of, of Cation. Yeah. Yeah. There's many varieties of cat. Yeah. So why not? Did you guys watch the, the actual video from San Diego Comic-Con? I did. Yes. Yeah. I, I haven't had time to watch the panel. Did they actually show any animation in motion? No. They did not. No. Okay. And we, we hmm. didn't get the ship design, but we got a name and a class. Yes. So um, I'm eager to see what they bring to the table. I, I'm really interested in it. I really like the uniforms, too. Uh, it. <sighs> Okay. Well, it, it kind of gives me <laughs> it kind of gives me this TNG vibe. No, yeah, it does. It's just it's interesting that you know Starfleet seems to be changing uniforms like all the time, but because they are maybe on a different kind of ship, that's like a lesser support class. Maybe this is just a, a variation. Uh, potentially. What, um, what are your problems with it? I because <laughs> you were like no. Uh, I. I just, I didn't like the design, really. It just doesn't jive for me. I don't know okay. if it's the white trim or uh, or what it is. It, it just, I, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they uh, went with either a first contact style uniform or yeah, or even the new uniform that they have in the Picard series. Do they give a time, like what year this is, aside from post-Nemesis? Because that no year. Oh, Oh, wait, wait, uh, no, here it is. Uh, they said it takes place in 2380 right after Star Trek nemesis. Okay. Okay. And Picard is 19 years later in 2399. So at this point, they, these guys should have the first contact uniforms. Yeah. I guess it's easier to animate this. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it fits with uh, I, when I saw the character design, I was like, oh, OK, yeah, that looks like it's Rick and Morty in Star <laughs> Trek yeah, uh, form, which I'm I don't hate. We're also going to get a couple animated short tracks. Yeah. In a different animation style from this. Now, uh, I might have missed it. D- did they announce who was producing these animated shorts? Um, I didn't see that. Not sure. Let me, let me, let me check the, the archive of, of news. But what I, what we did see, cause we did get a short Trex trailer. It did not include the animated portions. Cause obviously those are probably still being worked on, mm-hmm. but we did get tribbles. Oh yeah. Yes. And something that. I realized that I never knew I wanted in Star Trek, and now that I I can't wait for it. And that's noted actor and voice actor H. John Benjamin in a Star Trek short track. Yes, I I I recognized him instantly. Yes, that got me almost as excited as anything else because (laughs) he's so great and so funny in everything he does. Mm-hmm. This might be up there with the Harry Mud robot clone short track from the last <laughs> season. <laughs> I I hope it is because it, it feels like a more uh, self-contained 
uh, story. I believe the title for that is The Trouble with Edward. I'm guessing that's what his character's name is, and it plays off the whole The Trouble with Tribbles. I was more concerned about the child eating a Tribble (laughs) at the end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I saw someone put it really best, just very simply. Kids are dumb. (laughs) Kids put dumb things in their mouth because they're dumb. It's just the delivery. Mm, it tickles. <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> it's tribalicious. Yeah. That just seems like a, a very bad uh, cereal commercial. Yeah. But I would eat it. Nope. <laughs> not, <me. laughs> not even with Maybe not alive. Not alive. As long as There's they're not alive. Just too much hair. That's oh. what it is. Yeah, got, got to get rid of the hair. That's 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 gross. Unless they're, that's all that they're made of. I don't, I don't even know. But in, in addition to the short tracks, I am totally excited for the return of Anson Mount and company for, uh, two of these shorts. Mm-hmm. Same bit, big, give, same. give me a Pike series. They're thinking about it. Alex Kurtzman said they're, they're thinking about it. Yeah. It's like, you, you don't put that tease out a question to the audience at San Diego Comic-Con and Hall H or wherever they were. Like, come on. I wonder if they'll announce anything with about a Pike series at uh, Star Trek Las Vegas. Yeah, I saw that come in my Twitter feed yep. right before we started recording. And I'm just going to say, if if that's what you want, everybody, go ahead and speak it into existence. Maybe it'll happen. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. And one of the... Uh, the short treks will be a tease for Star Trek Picard. Ooh, yes, that's right. There was some speculation that that might be the children of Mars, right? Or, or, or maybe the girl who made the stars. I don't know. The, these, I, I always, I love the names that they've been doing for Discovery and for these short treks. Just really classic sounding titles. Uh, w- one more thing about the short treks. I'm glad that they're doing kind of like another quote unquote second season, I guess, of these. Mm, mm-hmm. This is kind of like the Star Trek anthology type of thing that we've been talking about for years, Aaron. Right. And I'm just glad it's happening. I believe that these short treks are great companion pieces uh, for people to tie themselves over until the next season of discovery is ready to go while it is, as we've seen is currently in production. So you have to imagine that the short treks are pretty close to being done, if not already. And they're great appetizers. They, they really, really yeah. are. They, they give you just a little bit of extra for that CBS all access subscription. <laughs> right. Especially when they tie into the season of, discovery or picard i'm all for it yeah it's i think it's a great like little marketing thing it almost feels like you know a bonus gift to the fans and i'm definitely gonna need some star trek to tide me over coming up for the long wait for picard so long i mean that it's at least six months away we're we're already in past the halfway point of 2019 guys you've just got (laughs) to Remember that. that it's not that far away. They said early 2020. We're, we're already halfway through 2019. We're, we're yeah, getting but, there. 
but early, they, they could mean early, like March early. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know originally they were saying, oh yeah, end of 2019, end of 2019. Uh, the fact that they're, they're pushing Picard a little bit, I'm, I'm willing to wait for it if it's going to give us a better quality show. But yeah. I can only wait for so long. Right. I'm 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 gonna need all that. <laughs> all the <laughs> other coming. Star Trek. It's coming. Speaking of more Star Trek, the third season of Discovery is filming in some locations in Iceland, which is cool. I was there recently. Beautiful place. And apparently they did not land it in Terralisium as they expected. And there is at least one new character named Book. Yes, uh, Cleveland Booker. Uh, played by David Ajala, uh, as it was announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Sadiqa Martin-Green mentioned that they did go 900-and-something years into the future, but they did not land where they planned to. And now we have to find out what's going to happen. And it's season three of Discovery. I'm, I'm excited, period. I liked season one. I loved season two. Star Trek series usually by the time season three gets going that that's where things really start to hit their stride. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. And what's great about discovery going now so far into the future, it's past everything we know about Star Trek history. I know enterprise dabbled a little bit with the temporal cold war. So we got, you know, glimpses of the 28th, 29th centuries, all that. But we're even going farther beyond that. And it's such a great way to like sneak continuity things into discovery. And I think Sonequa Martin Green said in an interview, like now the show is definitely going to live up to its name. They are discovering a whole new galaxy that they are now so far removed from. And I think that's exciting. Like, is there even a Starfleet anymore? Is earth still around? Like these are, these are huge questions. So I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, Finally, in our news here, there's going to be a new Star Trek podcast, uh, a new official Star Trek podcast, prime directive. uh, And it'll be, (laughs) yeah, it'll be co-hosted by, I'm going to butcher names because I can't read. Nope. It's a Tawny Newsom. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing hard about that. <laughs> I, you would think, but I would yeah. find a way to stumble. Um, and she voices Ensign Beckett Mariner in yep. Lower Decks. So that's that's pretty cool. They haven't announced who the other co-host is yet. So what I re- remember the the other engage. Yes, yes, engage. Why did that end? I forgot about that. I don't think they gave a real reason. No idea. No idea. Uh I did listen to every episode though. Oh, as, me too. As did I. Definitely. Uh, it, it was it was good. I liked the host. I don't know why. I don't know why. Just like After Trek, it, it had its issues, yeah. but it was still a okay companion to a show. Hopefully this goes on longer than (laughs) a season. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. It would be kind of hard to give her a show, and she's also on another Star Trek property, (laughs) and then cancel one of the other properties. Yeah. But the last podcast, Engage, 
Mm-hmm. Wow, that was like three years ago now when it started. Was it? Yeah. Was it that long ago? Wow. Mm. 2016. So. Wow. It's a while. Yeah. It didn't seem like that long. Jeez. The time flies. Uh, apparently. <laughs> time, time flies, flies when, when you're waiting for podcasts. new Star Trek. <laughs> time flies when you're making podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I wish uh, Tawny all the luck, and I'm definitely interested in hearing how it sounds. Did they give uh, some kind of release date for this, or is it just coming up? It's just coming up, I believe, because uh, they don't even have a co-host uh, announced yet. So I'm assuming probably within the next early... Early 2020. 2020. Yeah. That's what they'll say. <laughs> early 2020. Early We're just going to run with that. Yeah. Everything is early 2020. Yeah. Until it's not late 2030. Um. <laughs> So on to my f- my favorite part of the show. Would you buy yes. it? And and before yes. we announce it, yes, um, you would. My answer is yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. Barry, uh, <laughs> you know what? It, it's it's uh, it's it's cheap enough, and it's. Uh, it's crazy enough to just might work. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is official at all. <laughs> um, I don't I know. don't care. I'm no. looking at the Amazon page right now, and there's many different ones that you can choose from. And all of these look very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> like Trump's small hand soap <laughs> for dirty politics. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're like Trump stakes. They're definitely whimsical with their naming and their descriptions. Like uh, Uranus soap. Uranus isn't just a planet. Keep Uranus on hand. <laughs> I'm looking at all these right now. This is bad. Giving new meaning to the phrase "smelling like ass." <laughs> <laughs> but this is Jean-Luc Picard's "Make It Soap." <laughs> It's Earl Grey scented, and there's a tagline on the side that the bath must be drawn here. Yes. Guys, I got paid today. Today was payday for me. (laughs) And I also have Amazon Prime. So there you go. Free shipping. Everything in my power not to do this. <laughs> it took everything in my power. I mean, seriously, I could click this button right now and have it in my hands tomorrow. Right. Mm. But I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a novel product. Um, uh, I, like, I If I were going to a Star Trek convention <laughs> and <laughs> I were at the hotel and needed to take a shower... This is definitely the soap that I would use. Mm. I think this would be fun to like buy a bunch of these and pass these out at a Star Trek convention. If if someone's not smelling too great. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You just remind them, hey, make it soap. <laughs> <laughs> You'll want to engage with the shower. <laughs> it said boldly go, then hit the showers when you get back. Was Jean-Luc Picard's Make It Soap. Made in the USA from domestic materials. It's not tested on animals, so that's good. Yeah. Let me see if there's any reviews on this. This is the pet rock of soap, someone called it. (laughs) (laughs) 
humorous but has an offensive odor. Oh, oh. God. Uh, that's okay. the Trump soap. That's the Trump soap. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Anywho. Nothing on the Picard soap yet that I'm seeing. Okay. Nothing that I'm seeing. But I, I am incredibly tempted. <laughs> no, if I have $5.85 that's mm-hmm. burning a hole in my pocket, I, I may buy this. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say the price because I don't think we mentioned it. It's five eighty five on Amazon. Uh, link in the show notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Send a review. So yeah, let, let's jump into the topic of the show: the Ricard trailer. Now I I must have watched this like five hundred times. Yeah, me too. After it dropped. Uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, I might have just watched it on repeat for like an hour <laughs> straight. <laughs> I was following along with Trek Core and Trek Movie on TweetDeck because they were live tweeting the San Diego Comic-Con panel. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw the word seven of nine, I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Like, you need say, to drop that trailer now. Like they actually got Jerry Ryan. Those madmen, the absolute madmen. They actually did it. And we got the guy who plays Hugh. Hugh, what? What? Yeah, J- Jonathan Del Arco. I had. Yeah. It's just obviously something's going on with the Borg. Possibly. You think, <laughs> but at the end of that trailer, mother freaking Brent Spiner as data. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that when there were reports coming out that it was confirmed as data, I was a tiny bit disappointed because mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe it's before, maybe we could have gone in a different direction. And I thought that would have been really interesting, but it is data. And that's still great. See, I don't, I don't know if it's actually data. If, if I was going to go with it, if it is data, it's a hologram mm. um, of because he's playing a game of cards and he says he doesn't want the game to end. I would imagine maybe it's more than just a game of cards because at the beginning of the trailer, he, he's very remorseful over the death and the sacrifice of data. So I can't see. Mm-hmm it actually being data. Interesting. I'm hoping it really is. I'm hoping that we see what happens from Nemesis and data has asserted control over B4. But yeah, then why would data's death be hitting Picard so hard if, you know, he's alive? I'm wondering if this is some kind of hallucination. Mm. Mm, Do you think Jean-Luc Picard's starting to lose it in his advanced age? Didn't he have that, like, uh, the Bendy syndrome? The Aaron something syndrome. Yeah, something from uh, All Good all, Things. All Good Things. Yeah. So what if what if that's just informing the future that we already know about? Mm. What, what if this is some kind of, like, his Alzheimer's or something? So, I mean, we saw how crazy he went in, in All Good Things. Mm-hmm. And I know that was because of Q and, and all that stuff, but I don't know. I, or it, I mean, if he's that deeply reflective and regretful about data, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Right. 
Yeah, he's been through a lot. Specifically in Nemesis, there, there was a lot that happened to yeah. Picard in Nemesis. Uh, I still think that I think B4 as his own character would be an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and perhaps Data being involved in there somewhere. Jean-Luc saying he did not want the game to end. I think that is definitely symbolic of something else. Mm. Uh, they've pointed out that he has tried to live as a civilian over the last 20 years in the universe, but it really hasn't fit him very well. Mm-hmm. So clearly it's him saying that he does not want the game of being Jean-Luc Picard, explorer, diplomat, uh, adventuring archaeologist he does not want those things to be done he doesn't want to sit at his family estate and make wine right. that, that's not what satisfies him and i think that the theme of picard the series will have something to do with jean-luc looking for a way to find himself back out there mm-hmm. yeah and we already knew from interviews that this was going to be a more introspective uh, type series. That's why I guess I was so surprised that the trailer had some of these great action moments in it. Mm. And over the summer, when we started hearing the casting announcements, I I was really surprised at how large of a cast that we were getting for a series that is being touted as, as introspective. And I think there was also some rumors that there potentially may be a season two. Yeah. I, I heard that, which, Hey, give me Patrick Stewart all day long. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess I was really surprised. I was surprised in a good way about the trailer because you know, I, I do want a more introspective Picard. I think that's interesting for the next stage of his life. And those are things I think about, like my my dad getting older. And we watched Next Generation, whatever, 30 years ago. And it's just like, as I get older, it's like the passage of time. And then you you think about that with Picard. In generations, time was a huge concept. Mm-hmm. And Picard was a really reflective in that because of the death of his brother and nephew. And I don't know. It just feels like this is bringing it all full circle. And I'm so glad that Patrick Stewart is executive producer on this because through all the interviews that happened at San Diego comic-con, it seems like everyone he works with everything that's going on. He has so much input and Rightly so, because he is Picard. And I think the great point that he has brought up in interviews is that, and I think the entire production team has pointed this out, is that they did not want to try and do the next generation again. Because uh, Patrick Stewart has said many times that he had been given offers to play Picard again, and he turned them down over and over and over again until this one. And, and it felt right. And it made me think, how long has it been since The Next Generation ended? It was 1994. Who yeah. can really say that any of us are the same person or in the same point in our lives or in the same world that we were 25 years ago? 
Yeah, there's no way. Going forward, looking forward, and reflecting on the past but not trying to relive it, I think that is the best option for Jean-Luc Picard. I think it's the best option for Star Trek, even with a little bit of fan service thrown in. And I'm just... We we know Picard has been so affected by the Borg in his life. That's been a central theme. And just the fact that we have Jerry Ryan as seven of nine, we've got Jonathan Del Arco, third of five, Hugh. The fact that something is going on with the Borg that pulls him back into this is very intriguing to me. First contact is my favorite is like top two Star Trek films for me, if not the, the top one. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm fascinated because I've read some of the post Voyager novels. I know that in the book series, the Borg get wiped out. It's just, it, it, it was, it was a huge turning point in, in the novel series. And in fact, seven of nine played a big part of that too. So to see her pop up in this trailer, I, I literally had tears in my eyes because I'm a huge Voyager fan. And Mm -hmm. the last thing I expected from star Trek Picard was to have callbacks to Voyager, let alone one of its main characters in this show. It's freaking incredible. If there is a season two, as is rumored, I want DS nine. (laughs) <laughs> well who knows you might get it this season I, I i know there's there's only so much we can see from a from a two minute trailer i just want this show to just completely blow our minds when it comes out yeah there's one speaking of DS, ds9 i'm gonna jump really quickly to one of my speculations okay so we have that little scene where there's this couple in the rain looking at what look like TVs in a storefront. Or like holograms. A hologram. Yeah, I, I, they're not obviously not actual TVs. Yeah. Um, it's the 25th century by now, probably. And it looks like an interview of Picard. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be awesome if... On the other side, the person interviewing Picard is Jake Sisko. Oh, hey. Oh, that's now a good we're talking. One. Now we're talking. That is that, that is some fan service. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. He that's is a awesome. reporter. He that's is a reporter. awesome. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, because I, w- I was trying to figure out a way to blend DS9 in this since we have. Uh, Jerry Ryan, who has obviously gone like her character has grown so much, obviously, from the way she's talking to Picard. Oh, yeah. Like, she's like, what the hell are you doing here, (laughs) Jean-Luc? Like, I mean, but still, that's that's 25 years, you know, after Voyager or, you know, that's 20 years for her, too, if it's post nemesis. So. Now she, I think she's fully integrated into human culture mm-hmm. to see her be a little bit more Jerry Ryan, less seven of nine is, is amazing. Mm. And let's not forget data was also assimilated in uh, and first that, contact. That goes into uh, my theory. What's uh, your theory? Oh, my theory 
is that, and I think that this is sort of in line with Steve Shive's theory, Okay, is that the girl, Dodge, who we saw in the trailer, is a not quite fully formed Borg queen. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Yeah, I... It, it yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it, to have that that leap? A- and the thing that that really made me think that in the trailer was the moment where they were saying she has no idea who she is. She's the destroyer. Mm. And when they had that shot of the Borg cube, and it they kind of had another shot where it was her sitting down and looking into the distance. And they were talking over, she's the destroyer, she's the end of all. And you saw the Borg cube, and it was like, hmm, I think this young lady might have something to do with the Borg. I also like that there was that shot where it looked like it was Borg alcoves and these guards that were kind of guarding it. And then it was like 5,000-something days of no assimilations. Yep, in English and in Romulan. Mm-hmm. And she's in that crowd looking yes. up, as and well did, as an Endorian. So yeah, <laughs> I saw I'm that. All about the Endorians, I was like, what? I was like, I have to put that screenshot in the notes, along with the sign on the the guardrail. There we have Romulan Star Empire insignias. Oh yeah, I'm 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 there right now. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so while the Romulan star empire uh, still exists in some form, despite the destruction of their home planet, which brings me to another DS nine question, uh, which, which (laughs) I'm, I guess I'm a little hooked on DS nine given the dominion war. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't help, but think, especially after what the founders did, where would Cardassia be? Mm. Oh, wow. I don't think they're a major player like they once were. I, I think they're probably still re- rebuilding. Yeah, in, in the, um, the scene with the Admiral in Picard, mm. the back corner, there's a, a display panel that shows the current state of the galaxy, pretty much, with oh, the territories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do see... On the left-hand side of that, the Cardassian Empire. Uh, it doesn't look like they've changed much. It doesn't look like it's shrunken any, but it's very hard to read it. That is so small. I'm looking at the screenshot right now because I'm I'm at your YouTube link. Mm-hmm. And let's see, can I go higher than 1080p? I can't. God, how did you even pick them out of that? I was watching another uh, video. That kind oh, okay. of described it. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. I, I can't remember which video. Um, maybe what the culture? Is that a thing? I, oh, I what don't culture? Know. What culture? What, yeah. what <laughs> culture? Yeah. yeah. They did a video. Um, a, a pretty decent video, actually. If uh, if you guys go and look for it, it's um, they definitely rip apart the trailer uh, pretty pretty well. I, I was excited because I still see that they're rocking the, the Lacars. So I was I was happy for that. Yeah, not some weird. Although there are there's definitely a lot of holograms being used. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I mean early TNG they had some holograms going on. Uh, That's true. In, in Picard's ready room, 
uh, that they used like once or twice. <laughs> I guess nobody really listened to Captain Pike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rip those things out. Uh, speaking of Picard's ready room, uh, the Captain Picard Day uh, banner yeah. that he saved. He's a role model. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he saved it, but someone did. Yeah. I bet it was Riker. I bet it was Riker. <laughs> Who's also coming back? Ah! Yeah, Riker and Troy. Yep. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I really hope we see a few more TNG characters. You know what? Just bring everyone back. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, did he marry Beverly in this time frame? I, I really I want to know. I will get really excited if they manage to pull Avery Brooks away from Rutgers and playing jazz music. <laughs> for a quick second can we talk about that uh jacket that picard's rocking because yeah. i don't know what it is about picard and variant uniforms but he gets the coolest stuff ever and that it almost looked like a leather version of the first contact uniform you know what i mean okay because it okay. still had like the the gray yoke in that same shoulder pattern, mm-hmm. and because I'm I'm looking at the shot now where he's got like the backpack slung over him, yeah, and the collar looks like that cut from a next generation uniform, like it's kind of got that dip collar. Okay, okay. I don't know. I I'm just I'm loving everything that he's wearing and. I don't know if Gersha Phillips, who does the costumes for Discovery, is also working on Picard, but whoever they got working on this show, like I, I really dig all of the uniforms and stuff that mm. we're seeing. It was hard for me to tell in the uh, video, but it looks like they're using the communicator from All Good Things on the new uniforms. Uh, but uh, it, it was hard for me to tell. From the future. Right. Yep. I don't. I don't know. Maybe they are. Yeah, it's it, very hard to, to really yeah. see it, but I, I think they may be, which would be cool continuity. Because mm-hmm. in every future that we've seen, they've had that communicator. Even in Voyager. When... Even in Voyager. Yep. So that would be a cool fallback. I do like the uniforms. Um, I wish I, I'm a uniform nerd, I think. I really would like to see... More of the uniform. When the the first images started to leak, Aaron, you and I were speculating. This is definitely reminiscent of the Star Trek Online uniform. Yep, uh, Star Trek Online uh. and the Star Trek Countdown. Yes, uh, comics, which I don't think now could be considered canon because I don't think Data captained the Enterprise E. <laughs> right. Uh, like they have in those comics, but time will tell. I'm just, I'm so excited to dive into Picard's life over the last 20 years. Where have I you been? I am so ready for <laughs> anything post nemesis. That's what I'm really ready. For. Yeah. I want to yes. see literally everything post nemesis. It's so great because for, I mean, years I've been getting that post nemesis fix through the book, the various book series. Mm-hmm. And now to finally know that we're going to be getting this stuff like in the actual television show and not just Picard, 
We're going to be getting in Discovery Season 3. We're going to be getting it in Lower Decks. And the whole time they've been calling like this bigger picture of the Star Trek universe, which, I mean, we coined on this podcast a while back. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I, I like that now it's this more cohesive uh, universe, like they're bringing it back. But one thing I wanted to ask you guys, do you think we're getting oversaturated <laughs> with Star Trek that basically made it get canceled back in Enterprise in the first place? Do you think this is a new renaissance of, of Star Trek? Well, think about how long it was between TV series, between Enterprise and Discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enterprise was canceled in 2004. Yeah, I believe. And Discovery started in 2017. Yes. So that's 13 years without like a regular linear Star Trek. Right. Story. That's a long time. I would say we're due. We're due. And it, it doesn't feel like an overload to me at all. It feels like it's about time. Like, <laughs> For someone who uh, everyone here loves this franchise, we have been starved of new material for a long, long time. Not discounting the Kelvin movies, because I'm not. But a Star Trek series that takes place within this timeline, within this universe, it's been <laughs> it's been a long road, guys. It's yeah. been a long road. <laughs> no, most definitely. I kind of am worried about fatigue of having so many on, mm-hmm. but I think they're doing it right with not having everything overlap. Right. TNG and Deep Space Nine, there were a couple of seasons where they were both running simultaneously. And then, then Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Right. So I think doing it where they don't have series overlapping each other Mm-hmm. I think it's the right move. Also, one thing that you really have to appreciate about all of these is that mm-hmm. they are all so markedly different from one another. Mm. Discovery yes. is different from Picard. Picard is different from the animated series. The animated series is going to be different from the short tricks and whatever they do with Captain Pike. <laughs> They're all completely different but they're all Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. It's just so amazing to me because I I couldn't imagine this like six years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. We're due. We're due. That that's how We I are think. due. I think Trekkies are due. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, if we expand on Steve Shive's idea, <laughs> he thinks that Dodge is somehow the daughter of Data and the Borg Queen from First Contact. I don't know about that one. I said a minute ago that I can understand where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. And it's why I'm kind of saying that she is a possible Borg Queen that has not quite fully formed. Right. So maybe from the race that the queens are taken from. Right. And maybe uh, for all we know, here's where I really go into crazy town. Nanotech. 
for all we know, Dodge is full of nanotech that is making turning her into a Borg queen that we haven't seen yet. Which kind of goes along with what the the novels did post Voyager, and there was a Borg virus that threatened Earth, mm. and they had to get pretty much everyone involved. And it's 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 really interesting to me that you know we've got the Romulans who already experimented with Borg technology with the Narada, mm-hmm. which which is canon. So the fact that, you know, the Romulans are up to their old tricks and maybe using the Borg to, to survive to, or, or as some kind of slave labor to rebuild another world. Like, cause the, the Romulans without a home world, I, I mean, they're such a secretive race of, of aliens. It's like. I just, they're up to, it's just seems like, oh man, the sneaky Romulans again, but and you know why I could totally believe that the Romulans are probably doing something with experimental Borg tech. Mm-hmm. Cause there's another race in the alpha quadrant that was experimenting with Borg tech, the Federation. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the transport technology. Yep. All the stuff Voyager adapted. Yeah. Yeah. But I like what they're doing with the Romulans because there was that one Romulan woman who was talking about talking to Picard saying, Hey, you might've forgot what you've done, but we, we haven't forgotten. And one of the premises or synopsis is that Picard led this fleet after the destruction of the Romulan homeworld, the, the largest rescue armada. So it's interesting that there are some Romulans that are grateful to Picard. And then you've got this whole nother faction experimenting with the Borg. And if this all ties back to nemesis, Picard made good inroads with the Romulans uh, with commander Denantra. So I just, uh, I, I love it. And Picard was involved with the, the reunification efforts too. Right. With Spock. Oh my God. There's just so much they can do with this show. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. Yeah, how can you not be? As if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so crazy. Like and I said, Trekkies are due. Yep. And we have this Borg cube that has damage to it. The Borg, uh, the oh. Romulans are. Is it is it, it damaged or are they? Or is it being built it? anew? Oh. It's it's or interesting because I mean they have those what look like force fields in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was a active or cube, it would be trying to repair itself with its nano uh, technology. It's not yeah. doing that. So it's either being suppressed or maybe they are just building a their cube. own cube. Yeah. Or take finding pieces of cubes and sticking them together like Tetris. <laughs> just like Tetris. <laughs> Space Tetris. Or maybe Dodge is directing them to rebuild the cube for her. Oh, my God. Oh, and then there was that that Borg that was on the table, and they were, like, peeling. I think that was you. Oh, really? Oh, my God. I saw a lot of talk about that particular part that it looked like Jonathan Del Arco. So the idea is that it might have been Hugh. 
I, I heard people say that, but during the um, the panel, he said that he couldn't talk about the makeup. So mm. I, I don't know if they would have shown him if he couldn't talk about the makeup. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool if it was Hugh, but I, I kind of want him to be alive and like talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not just like being taken apart on a table i want him and seven of nine to be bffs that sounds like a short track if i ever saw one (laughs) there you go (laughs) make everything a short track no i'm just i'm so excited that it's continuing the next generation it's continuing all those plot lines and just Mm -hmm. advancing them 20 years later it's just you know that we waited so long after nemesis but i like it because they jumped ahead 19 years, just like it'll be 19 years in the real world since nemesis. So I like that. They're taking advantage of like a real time jump. I don't want them to do that for, for everything, but (laughs) (laughs) just the fact that that seven of nine is there. Are we going to get Voyager cameos? I don't know. I would love to see Robert Picardo pop up on a view screen as the doctor. What's he up to? Did Harry Kim finally get promoted? <laughs> past oh <Ensign>? God. <laughs> He's still an ensign. <laughs> oh no, no. Although he, he could be captain by now because of, uh, of timeless that episode. He could be, well, it could be interesting if, if that is a holographic data, you would imagine that they would have adapted the mobile emitter for use. Um, mm-hmm. Why Why not download Data's memory into that and uh, have a walking Data in hologram form? It's like an artificial life form on top of an artificial life form. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's... Uh... Well, what did you guys think of, of, of the technology to de-age him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh god here we go uh whatever it was i was i liked it after i i think i think the problem is that everyone is like pausing on it <laughs> and like looking at him it, when Just it's kind really of staring at that frame yeah i i think if you just watch it it's fine but if you pause it, there are some issues. But it's still, those eyes are so piercing. I don't remember yeah. his his eyes looking like that in the original series, or the, not the original, but the, during TNG and the movies. Yeah, someone made a, a comparison about that. I might chalk it up to, yeah, they might be a little brighter, but also this is going to be 4K right, HD right. resolution. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. Yeah. It just, it was like, whoa. But I think it's amazing that we still have a Brent Spiner performance. Mm-hmm. And just that they're using like that facial capture technology, probably like what the Marvel movies do to de-age right. people. Yeah. And the fact that the technology has come such a long way to allow a TV series to do that is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that was one of the biggest hangups that Brent Spiner had after nemesis. He said, sure. I'd love to return as data, but he's like, I physically can't I'm getting old. Like data is supposed to be an ageless Android. And now it's amazing that we have the technology to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Stewart has even said in an interview that there will be a flashback 
uh, of him in uniform uh, as the captain. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. What? Yes. Uh, during San Diego Comic-Con, one of the Junkin interviews, he pointed out that one of the things what he had input on is that he did not want to be in uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, until he also said, well, and then there was something else that was actually my idea. <laughs> and it's going to be a flashback, and he will be in uniform. So, Holy crap. Brent Spiner likely won't be the only one having de-aging, but in the case of <clears throat> Patrick Stewart, it's not the first time. Hopefully it's better. If only that technology existed for Star Trek Enterprise's final episode. <laughs> because... Let's not, let's, let's not even... Let's not go, go down that direction. road. <laughs> no. It was a good next-gen episode. Was it though? <laughs> well, if you plug it into the Pegasus, it's a good episode. Yeah, and suddenly they're older and it fatter. It was a good and... pilot for a Titan. It was a good pilot for the USS Titan, is what yeah. it was. It could have been a pilot for Riker as captain of the Titan. Mm. I hope we see the tie-in in Star Trek Picard. Why can't they just rename the show Star Trek Picard and Friends? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. The mm-hmm. the amount of gushing that I did after I watched this was was on a, a whole nother level. I even Facebook messaged my my 70 year old father. Hey dad, oh my god, seven and nine's back <laughs> because we watched Voyager together. And mm-hmm. and obviously he he's been a Trekkie since the original series, and he was the one that first exposed me to Next Generation uh when it premiered. And the fact that, you know, Picard is back and and he said all all my dad typed back was great news. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you really need to say. <laughs> so, so this has just been really, really great news. As a truck, I'm, I am beyond happy. As am I. And I say again, it's about damn time. <laughs> Should we move on? I mean, do, do you have uh, nope. anything else you want to talk about, about this amazing trailer? Oh, well, I mean, you're, you're getting, you're getting data back. Yeah, Data is one of my favorite characters. Uh, I used to pretend to be an android while when I was in uh, elementary school. So having Data is definitely a great surprise. Because uh, who who would have thought that he would be back? Like we said, he said he wouldn't be back to play him. And then all of a sudden, he's there. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a treat. And I hope that he's in more than like one or two episodes. Yeah. But uh, so, I mean, he's he's going to be in a drawer in at least one episode and then in at least one other episode. Or maybe it's the same episode with the the card game. They probably haven't said anything about runtime for these episodes, right? I'm assuming they're an hour. I'm just assuming. Yeah. I want every episode to be a two hour movie. (laughs) (laughs) See, with it only being a 10-episode run... It's actually a 10-episode series of short treks. Oh, man. Oh, no! No. It's like that one episode of Discovery that was like 30 minutes long. I'm like, what? What's happening here? That was so weird. Ideally, I would like these to be like an hour and a half long at least. Because I I don't see how they can wrap up the story in just 10 episodes if it's only going to be like... 45 minutes long. Who's to say they're wrapping up the story? Um, hmm. 
I I don't see them leaving it open ended. I I think there will be a a wrap up of this of this. I'm story. saying, who's to say it's only one season? No, no, no. Well, I'm hoping for multiple seasons. They could do something like they did in at the end of season one of Discovery when they have the Enterprise uh pull up on the doorstep there. Maybe maybe they can have the Enterprise show up at the end. Mm, can we just get the tie-in? <laughs> <laughs> or the titan yeah why not why not have the titan i i just i want there to be a big of a reveal as the best of both worlds conclusion oh mr wharf yeah <laughs> and then we all freak out because we have to wait another year for picard oh, season god <laughs> I, i'm already planning it in my head hear me out guys here's my pitch okay that will lead into the next season it is Dodge, and her nanotech is starting to take over fully. And the last thing she says before we go to black is, "Resistance is futile." Mm. Oh, ah, there's just so much good stuff. So much can happen. It's it's so open ended because it's it takes place in the future that we haven't seen yet. It's it's not limited like Disco- Even though Discovery had new things in it, it, it was limited what you could do mm-hmm. you you couldn't destroy the enterprise uh you couldn't kill off spock so uh, it's, it was very limited in what you can do but with this you can do anything you want you can have picard die dude which no. i don't want to happen no <laughs> you cannot have but we're in picard we're die. in a brave new world everybody no ties to canon anymore. Through that, how old is Picard? Like he, I think he was uh, supposed to be older than he actually is, right? Right. I believe they said he was like. Wait, when when was Picard born? He was born in twenty three oh five. In so Red he would Bronx. be if if this series takes place in twenty three ninety nine, then he is ninety four years old. That's pretty old, but. We saw McCoy live yes. to like 130 something. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah, but he looked pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but still, that's that's still 40 years ahead of 94. That's I think true. Picard looks pretty good for a 94 year old. That's <laughs> yeah, that's very true, and it's like a hundred years more advancements in tech. Yeah, medical tech from McCoy or so. What if, what if this is, this is kind of funny. What if this Imagine is that artificial heart still going? Oh God. Yeah. What if this is like start or what if this is Picard's uh midlife crisis? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Oh my God. <laughs> this new ship he's gotten and this new crew is like his, his Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. The new kind of ragtag ship that they got for this thing. The, the ship uh, designs are pretty pretty cool. Uh, I'm guessing those are Romulan ships, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty cool. It's funny that you mention uh, the artificial heart. Did you guys listen to Larry Nemechek's podcast this week? No. What's what's going on? So they had the guy who wrote the episode. Um, oh, I can't remember his name, but uh, the episode where... Picard has to leave the Enterprise to have heart surgery. Right. He's in the shuttle with uh, with uh, Wesley. So I guess he wrote that because the guy didn't like Patrick Stewart. 
and he had the guy had a habit of writing people off shows. Mm. So that was a potential way to kill off the Picard character, which I'm super glad that never happened. Robert McAuliffe. So he was also the guy who introduced uh, Riker's dad. Oh, okay. So he wrote the episode with Riker's dad, and he wrote the episode with the uh, Packlids. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so oh, that he, was that he was made it cool. go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I I think I did see one negative review of not a negative review but a negative take on picard the series i f- we yeah. i'm sorry we we don't have time for that uh tune in guys <laughs> next week to the starfleet escape guys no. thanks so much for having me <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um they they basically said that you needed to be a star trek fan in order to appreciate picard uh duh like what the f- oh no so like they're basically they're saying there's Unless you're already a hardcore fan of Star Trek, you won't appreciate Picard because of all the fan service, I guess. Whatever. Whatever. Star Trek Next Generation was like the most watched Star Trek ever. And Patrick Stewart has had an amazing career for for 20 years after Star Trek The Next Generation ended. Even if you're someone who just appreciates Patrick Stewart, you're going to be interested in this. Yeah. And definitely, it looks gorgeous. Oh, it looks amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm just, I'm here for all the HD 4K Star Trek that my <laughs> my eyes can watch. <laughs> I love it. Just beam Guys, it right in. Uh, CBS, if you're listening, you really need to just completely remaster Deep Space Nine. That documentary is awesome. And just just make it happen. And uh, m- make sure you, you don't turn... D- Tear down that Enterprise set that you built for Discovery. Don't tear that down. In fact, they should <laughs> add to it. So yeah, let's let's move on and sure. uh, let's go to the SoSpace channels. Uh, and this week we're asking, what is your favorite Star Trek: The Next Generation episode focusing on Captain John Luke Picard? And gentlemen, do you have a a favorite? Oh God, it it has to be the Inner Light. Okay. Uh, I will have to say, looking through this, that my answer is the same, not as my sister at DeHeathen176, but in <laughs> fact, the same one as uh, Clive Burrell. Okay. A- and that is the episode Sarek. Oh, those mm. good choices. I do like Sarek. And as I said before, Inner Light is a little too slow paced for me. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I enjoyed that one. It's, yeah, it's good. Um, um, so I, I kind of want to pick something different. I was, uh, leaning towards Clive Borrell's second choice, Starship Mine, but I think I'm, instead I'm going to go with Drumhead. Ah. But there's so many good episodes featuring Jean-Luc Picard, it's really hard to choose. So, funny story, on Twitter, one of my friends saw all of my excitement about Star Trek Picard mm-hmm. and was like, wow, you're like really passionate about this. Maybe I should start watching Star Trek. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. Next generations. You can get caught up with for Picard. And They're then he was all like, on Netflix. And then he was like, well, what do I, where do I start? And then Stop. I found a post that someone did like, these are the episodes to get you caught up for star trek picard and it was like 
44 something episodes, but it was like Jeez. all of the major beats. Right. And I, I'm, I need to add like a couple of seven of nine ones to that too, because if she's coming into this, y- you got to have a handful of those to, to introduce her character. But yeah, they had a good mix of like Picard and data episodes mm. tapestry in there. That, that would probably oh. be my choice. If not for Sarek wow. tapestry. I forgot, I forgot about tapestry. Actually, that's a, that is a great episode. Welcome to the afterlife. Jean-Luc, you're <laughs> dead. That's a character I would also like to see, especially mm-hmm. with the de-aging okay. tech. What if? Eh, That's fair. Because one of the short tracks is called Q&A. Yeah, Q&A. Yeah, I I heard that. I I would think that's the one with number one in in, uh, Spock. Yeah, that's so obvious. (laughs) (laughs) That's too obvious. That can't be it. (laughs) <laughs> let, let, let me believe that it's uh, it's the return of Q. <laughs> yeah, well, no. That, all that would mean is just uh, another opportunity for the Cisco to come back and punch him in the face. <laughs> That's true. But I, I think that would be, especially since they have the de-aging technology, because you would imagine Q wouldn't be aging. And Delancey has, he's a little long in the tooth. Not that that's a bad wow. thing. <laughs> uh but he's he's looking his age. So how but how could you not bring bring him back? Sure, I guess. <laughs> not a cute fan. That's okay. It's all right. Like I said, my my favorite moment aside from tapestry was when Cisco punched him in the face. <laughs> I didn't like you in Voyager. That's just because the Q continuum kind of. I like actually I I do like the one with that other Q. I liked him the most. Oh, what's that? It's kind of where I liked him the most because oh really. Him- more to work with rather than just being the trickster yeah i i i liked his voyager run too so yeah i liked it i liked the one with the q that was on trial uh mm. that was encased in that uh comet that voyager was uh looking at that one i liked and uh there was a Riker cameo in that episode getting back to our subspace channels uh on twitter we have at comic grotto my friend uh anthony uh says there are four lights not sure of the name of the episode that episode's chain of command which your sister also likes yes my my sister maymuna uh at deheathen 176 uh she says it's a tie between chain of command parts one and two fantastic episode mm-hmm. and family family's a good one we get to see the vineyard uh, i i love the vineyard i would like some uh chateau picard uh to go with uh the cheese that seem, I've it seems like jean-luc doesn't love the vineyard very much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <No>. that, that, <laughs> that seems to be the running theme he doesn't i, love I the think that's what i think that's why he has like the robots taking care of things <laughs> to be honest yeah just walking through with the dog and be like, uh, everything uh, looks okay, I guess. The dog? You mean number one? Yeah, number one. Actually, uh, apparently the dog's name is actually uh, De Niro. But that's the dog's actual name, like the right. the the actor dog. Oh, the actor dog. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so his his character name is is number one. Oh, very good. Yeah, at least that's how I interpreted it at mr underscore picard said times squared thumbs up 
Yeah, that's an interesting episode. Uh, not one I would pick. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Finally, our, our good friend Clive Burrell, who has been on the podcast uh, a few times. Uh, but never with me. But I'm ne- the same we, type. <laughs> dude, yeah, we have to figure out figure it out. The issue is he's in England. <laughs> I, I know what the issue is. <laughs> yeah. But Clive says in an email response, I'm going to stay away from the obvious ones and actually pick out one of the hidden Picard gems, Sarek. Truly one of Patrick Stewart's best individual performances in TNG and one where he had to go beyond just being Picard. Incredible to see him on screen with Mark Leonard and their scenes are electrifying. Picard's torture when he becomes the receptacle for Sarek's emotional instability is hauntingly memorable. Brilliant and perhaps underrated Picard episode. He goes on to say, As a second, I might slip in Starship Mine purely because this is another that pushed Picard into a very different action hero direction. That would only really be revisited in First Contact. Also, of course, employs the Vulcan nerve pinch, which harks back to my first choice. And we also have Tim Russ in that episode, which is good. Oh, yeah. I'll throw that in. Another Voyager connection. Yeah. I have to make them. Okay, you don't have to make them on, on my behalf. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Voyager references are fine. Yeah, they're there, okay. There's got, there's got to be a, co- a nebula with coffee somewhere coming up. No, that's true. It's just it's just that Aaron has a burning uh passionate hatred for uh for Voyager. It's it's not a hatred. <laughs> it's not a hatred. I did buy the Neelix uh cookbook. I do have that in my library. So I don't so, hate So Voyager. you've got the root and toot and chili? <laughs> I, I've made the goth. With with extra uh jalopy nose. <laughs> Some of the recipes actually look pretty good. I, I've only made gah, which turned out terrible. Um, well, it's gah. What did you expect? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't made with it's, actual actual worms. Uh, I was going to say, it's not even fresh. Are you yeah. even trying? <laughs> no, I'm not. But there are some other things. There's like a, uh, I think Tuvok has a, <laughs> has a dessert recipe in there. Yeah, I'll have to uh, make one of those recipes. But yeah. So to to end the show, do you know what puts my quantum state into flex? Voyager. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's right here in the dock, but I'm gonna let you. Yeah, see. yeah. Yeah. What's up? CBS has an issue meeting the vague deadlines it sets for itself. End of 2019 gets pushed back to early 2024 Picard, but premieres were also pushed back for Discovery. I understand wanting to get it right. But it is annoying to fans to keep pushing the goalpost back. Um, I mean, sure, but I don't know. I just I I want them to get it right. If they have to push it, you know, two or three months to really to really punch up the visual effects or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is pretty new for Star Trek. I mean, we're getting we're getting movie quality effects, mm-hmm. and sure, the the seasons overall are shorter, but that's just the way television has evolved now. I'd rather go for shorter or like less episodes, but with more impact and more killer, no filler it, bingo. 
Yeah, you you get you get rid of like the thresholds of the world, and <laughs> you give us more inner lights. <laughs> no, no, not inner light. No, <laughs> or more. Might, we might lose something like "Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite." That was a good episode. That was a great episode. I like but I'm, I'm, you, but I you get your point. What I mean. But I get yeah. your point. I think uh, this actually reminds me of a great quote uh, from Shigeru Miyamoto of Nintendo, I believe, mm-hmm. who said it: that a good game can be delayed, but an unfinished game is bad forever. Mm. I am one hundred percent okay with CBS wanting to take their time to get this right. This does not phase me in any way at all with Picard or Discovery. It really doesn't phase me at all. If if they want to take a little more time, if they're saying early 2020, that's fine with me. I, I won't even think twice about it. I think maybe they should take a, a page from Scotty's book and inflate his estimate to make him seem like a miracle worker. Oh, so you're saying, oh, oh no, hey guys, we're doing, uh, we're doing Star Trek Picard, uh, March 2020, and then, oh, uh, surprise, uh, we're releasing it on Christmas. Yeah, they're doing the Belana Torres route of just giving you no BS. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it, th- this is what we thought it's going to be at the end of 2019. No, we're going to take a little bit longer. It's okay. Have some coffee. It'll be fine. Uh, have some yeah. Earl Grey. Yeah. No. I, so I mean, this isn't something that's like burning in my my heart or anything like that. I, I just want them to like release when they're gonna say they're gonna release. But I do get the fact that they want to get it right, and I do want them to get it right. So I, I guess I'll let them take their time. I get the frustration. I'm, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm right there with you. I, I was really looking forward to getting Picard uh, this year, but mm-hmm. after that trailer, yeah, by all means, uh, take your time on it a little bit, polish it up, because if the the trailer is in any indication, we're going to get something. I think it's going to be absolutely incredible for uh, Picard fans. Star Trek fans. Yeah, but especially for people who really like Picard. <laughs> Do you think this would be a good first series for people who have never seen Star Trek? Okay, here's the thing. So I showed my wife the trailer. She's barely scratched the surface with Next Generation. Um, I've been showing her select episodes of season one, not the whole season, because that <laughs> because would kill anyone's one. interest. Because yeah, it's season one. Uh, but there are some gems in season one and two. Mm-hmm. And from what I talked to her about it, I mean, she seems interested in Picard. Actually, the first tease and like the poster and the announcement, mm-hmm. I think that's what pushed her to be like, well, because she watched she watched all of Discovery with me. And right. she right. enjoyed the Kelvin timeline movies. And, and, and we started a little bit of Next Generation. But... We started Next Generation because of the Picard announcement. And it was like, okay. oh, well, guess we better watch the show then. <laughs> and, uh, someone, and plus, yeah. And plus, I have all I... the re- remastered Blu-rays. And that really helps because the quality is just, it's just incredible. 
there is someone that I talked to on Twitter who just earlier this year, I, I think I might have nudged him in the direction of starting to watch Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And just when the trailer broke out uh, and word got out that Troy and Riker will be returning as well, he really likes Counselor Troy. I said to him, hey, you might want to speed up your w- watch of TNG. You might want to speed it up a little bit. And his answer was, oh, really? Why is that? And then I showed him the Picard trailer and the news that Riker and Troy would were returning. And it was like, oh, okay. Because he's definitely taken to Star Trek. He's absolutely mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. dived in headfirst into Star Trek. But uh, showing him like little bits of DS9 and Voyager and letting him know that these characters are going to be coming back soon, it was like, yeah, you, now's the time to get caught up. You've got time. You've got time. But now's the time to get caught up. Yeah, and so I'm I'm trying to approach it like, you know, maybe I should take my own advice and we just watch like that list just mm-hmm. to – caught up to to Picard and and we have time like we have at least half a year uh I think that's plenty of time to well, now watch you do. well yeah <laughs> yeah now <laughs> I do. we got time we yeah got time. yeah I just think um I I just think it's uh, I think it would be a good inter- interest point for people because uh it, it is generating interest like I said I had a friend on Twitter who was just so floored by my reaction. They're like, Hey, maybe I should give this star Trek thing a shot. And I'm like, let me guide you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's, that's cool. Like, even though Picard is going to be heavily rooted in the canon of the next generation and apparently all the other star Treks, even though it's, it's like so heavy and, and, you know, I can understand where some reviewers are saying, Oh, well, to really appreciate this, you need to watch everything. Sure. But if they make the show good enough, it'll be good to stand alone if need be and have all those references for, for the fans. And I I think that is the job of a, a good television writer. Mm -hmm. If you can take something legacy like star Trek, the next generation you know, over 30 years old at this point and distill it to its main character and still be engaging and getting people interested. That's amazing for, you know, a 50 plus year franchise to, to generate interest in a legacy character, but in a new way. And I'm frankly, I, I love what the direction that they're taking with this. I, I definitely concur. Um, I wish my wife was as excited for Star Trek Picard as I am, but she's a Kirk fan. <laughs> oh God! So uh, <laughs> you know, no, so. but but I mean, there's there's something for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, who knows? Maybe they'll de-age <laughs> Shatner and, uh, and introduce oh, her to Captain Pike. God. Oh, she's watched Discovery with me, and I think she likes it, but I don't know if that's because she's watching it with me or if she actually <laughs> enjoys it or not. 
Not that I'm like forcing her to watch it or anything. Look, Aaron, you're like me. You're someone who's grown up with these characters. Mm-hmm. We've been invested Same. from the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. David, you too. It's like, look, we're all, we're, we're like those mega fans of star Trek. We are pure Trekkies and bringing someone into this. Who's just getting into it. It's a very intimidating universe to dip your toes into. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's and almost 700 episodes. We, as the diehard Trekkies, have to do it in a certain way and, and very slowly, in my right. opinion. I've always believed. I've always told people, never, ever, 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 ever start with the original series. Because the 60s kish and cheese and... Shatner, just, just no, don't. Uh, I feel like the next generation is a great place to start for everyone. And yeah. you'll instantly see someone you recognize in Patrick Stewart. And that that is a great entry point, I think. And I've had a pretty good success rate with friends and, and family. Mm. And given that this series is going to be focused on Jean-Luc Picard, I actually think in a lot of ways, it is a pretty good, almost second entry point uh, yeah. for people that might have an interest. Yeah. So it's, it's a different experience and I, I'm so excited about Star Trek and y- you know, when, when, when my wife and I watch it, it, it makes me happy cause I get excited. Like, Oh, this is, Oh, this is going <laughs> to be so good. Yeah. And like, you want to pass that that experience on you want to you want to like bring them into this world and be like look how cool this is Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know i don't want to like scare anyone off so that's why you know having the fandom help and say look here's a list of the major points so that when you do watch picard you'll get it and Mm -hmm. i think you know giving someone a list of 20 episodes or 30 episodes is a lot easier to to digest than, Hey, here's like seven seasons of the next generation. Good luck. Yeah. And I've seen some people do. No. And you know, I get it. There's people out there that binge and, and dive right into it. But look, if, if they watch certain episodes and they see all of Picard, then, Hey, you've still got all those other episodes that you haven't watched. And if they're really interested in it, they'll, they'll go back and watch it. Right. Then you can send them to me and I'll say, let's talk about (laughs) deep space nine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's such a big, big universe of star Trek out there. And I mean, 2020, it's only going to get much larger. So (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm very excited. We're in this, uh, I, like I said, I think we're in this renaissance of Star Trek. Like it's it's coming back, and it's long overdue. Yeah, that's probably a good place to leave this episode. David, thank you for joining us. It was great having you. I'm glad we were finally able to get you on. Thank you guys so much, oh, Aaron. Yeah. Eric, it is an absolute pleasure. Uh, I've been dying to get on the podcast <laughs> and talk Star Trek. Just. This I could go on for for ages about Star Trek, and 
I cannot thank you enough. Yeah, D- David, this has been awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, David, how would we find you on the internet if our fans were to look for you? Well, if they're so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at CallMeDJM. That's at CallMeDJM. If, if you don't feel like calling me David, you can call me DJM. Uh, if you're an anime fan... I host the anime podcast of some sort with my friend Jack. Uh, You can find that in iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts can be aggregated. And at my homepage, deltajulietmike.com. And I do a couple of other podcasts with some friends. And you can see all of those record breakers, sports odds and ends, grapplicious. If if you just follow me on Twitter at callmedjm. Excellent. Uh, Mr. Barry, how would we find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, mainly at TrekkieB47. Uh, you can also check out the other podcast uh, that I have on the Four-Eyed Radio Network called Ranger Command Power Hour, all about Power Rangers. And we are back from our hiatus. And I guess we're back Woo-hoo. on this hiatus, too. Yeah, we kind of had a, And the anime podcast hiatus. of some sort is coming back from its hiatus very soon, too. Woo-hoo. So, podcast, ahoy. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And you can find me on most social media platforms at Nova Charter and uh, NovaCharter.com. And uh, guys, it's been great talking Star Trek with you. Oh, yeah. An absolute pleasure. Live long and prosper. Walk with the prophets. Oh, no, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Starfleet Escape podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can find us on the web at sfxscapepod.com, on Twitter and Instagram at sfxscapepod, and on facebook.com slash sfxscapepod.